as cheesy and basic as uh, the phrase live, laugh, love, but uh, home really is where the Wi-Fi is. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great, like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, sadly, we mourn the loss of Stanley, Mike. Oh, man. I mean, I knew we were going to get a chance to talk about it. It happened a little bit earlier in the week, mm-hmm. so I've just been kind of waiting until today when we could kind of really kind of reconcile our emotions. Yeah, I... And, and yeah, we'll do that in a minute. I, I got I got a, some good ways to look at that. Um, Toy Story Four gives us a few teasers this week, Mike. Mm-hmm. Did not expect multiple teasers in one week. Um, did you know Agents of Shield got renewed again? Oh, okay, cool. Uh, yep, and more. <laughs> yeah, I think there's um there was another little bit of Agents of Shield uh, reveal too that it looks like mm-hmm. we got here in our show notes that I just saw organically in my Twitter feed, and I was like. I saw this, and I'm sure Chris saw it 10 minutes before I did. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's true. Um, uh, of the people I have pictures with at conventions, two of, of those are Stan Lee, and one of those is actually the character we'll be talking about later. So um, I've got that going for me. But before we get into the majority of our intro is going to be your weekend, Mike. Uh, you, you've stolen the thunder here. <laughs> um, I've got to say, um, I, I've got to give a shout-out to superfan Mitch. Uh over hanging out in the UK um, for sharing the picture of the guy in, I think, Korea with, like, 20 phones he's playing Pokemon Go on. <laughs> he tagged me in that picture and said I need to up my game. So Oh, I love that picture. Yeah, that was that was early in the week. Crazy how time flies by. That seems like a meme that was three months ago. <laughs> yeah, and, and I've tried playing on two devices at once, and I can't uh-huh. I can't even do that. So um, that's, a, that's a big nope for me. Um, but however, I did um, pick up the new Pokemon for Switch this weekend. Oh yeah, that was like the the refresh of red, blue, yellow. Right? Yes, yes. Uh, it, it's called Let's Go. It's got some minor tweaks to it, but I mean, if you've played any of those originals, the story and the maps and like even the people you battle in like the hidden grass are still there. So yeah, I saw a tweet related to this, this that kind of blew my mind and I'm sure tons of people out there already know this, but there's like a 1% of you where this <laughs> might like really make your head explode. Uh, all of the cities in the original, um, in the original Pokemon game are all named after like colors. And the first town you start in is called Palette Town. So it's a palette of colors of all the cities you go to. I didn't realize that until I saw it in a tweet. Uh, like I think maybe, maybe earlier this morning I saw it and I was like, Oh, it's like seeing the arrow in the FedEx logo or seeing the eight in the eight of diamonds on, on a card. Yeah. It was, it was like, Oh my God. I felt so stupid for not noticing. <laughs> but it's okay. Uh, what I've noticed actually in this new game, uh, a lot of the borders and backgrounds, they, they like to use watercolors a lot in Pokemon artwork, um, mm-hmm. but they've used rainbow designs, like subtle rainbows for like the backgrounds. Like it's not just one solid color. Um, they, they've tapered the, the rainbows uh, from that, those a uh, quote palette of colors into these, um, like the menus and the options and stuff. So um, it's very colorful, it's very fun. Um, I've played both with the handheld thing where you actually throw the ball to catch the mm-hmm. Pokemon with it. That does not work as well as I hoped it would, but maybe it's just because I sit at an angle to my TV. Maybe I need to face it straight on. Well, possibly. Um, but 15 hours in this weekend, and I'm only 
four badges out of eight, Mike. So I tell you what, there's a lot of content here. Hey, there you go. Uh, been been having a blast with it. So um, that, that was really my whole. Oh, I put a dishwasher in my house. <laughs> got it. Hey, there you go. Uh, I learned how to do that. I uh, got a new one and installed it and had it up and running all by myself, Mike. I'm very proud of myself. Only I'm have pr- I'm, one... I'm proud of you too, Chris. Thank you. I only have one Band-Aid on uh, to, <laughs> to mark my my adventure. So it was your your sacrifice to the the DIY god. Yeah, exactly. But other than that, uh, Mike, um, I, I've got to go ahead and say uh, happy birthday on the show. Um, oh, thank you, thank it's, you. It's it's a little later than that, but I mean, I hope you had a wonderful time um, celebrating your birthday. And in that that knows, I actually there is something in the mail on, from me to you. I, I went ahead and, and oh, and, all right, cool. And, and uh, I, I was going to keep it a surprise, but I I just I just had to get you something this year uh, to kind of come because I don't I don't think I'm going to see you for Christmas, which is sad because normally we get to. Mm-hmm. But um, as you know, I'm going to Disney the day after, and I think that's when you're more in your Indianapolis area. Uh, I don't blame so. you. I would I would ditch you for Disney as well, yeah. man. I yeah. mean, as, as much as this bond is strong, if, if Disney if Disneyland or Disney World is on the horizon, gotta go, man. Yeah, exactly. But but I get to see you next summer, so that that's a plus. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, happy belated birthday! And how how did you exactly spend your weekend and your birthday? <laughs> because I know small details. I've seen small photos, but I want to mm-hmm. hear this experience and the story from your point of view. You yes. So this birthday was really crazy, exceptionally nerdy, which is why I would go out of my way to tell it on this show. Uh, so my birthday was on Friday, and uh, usually I don't celebrate it too big. Maybe when the big milestones roll around, I'll do a little uh, something. But usually I keep it pretty chill. Maybe just like a day at Disneyland down in Anaheim. But uh, this year. Uh, me and my wife have an inside connection to CW's The Flash Show. Uh, it's not really a huge secret, but I like maybe not to reveal exactly how we're connected to it because you know we do have a podcast here where we talk about superhero news. So just in case I ever let something slip out there that's not quite public, I don't want to get this certain person in trouble. So basically, we have a connection into the show, and we were graciously invited to Vancouver to their 100th episode party, which I was uh, shocked that we were able to go and by happenstance it landed on my birthday weekend so we were just like well we gotta go now i mean not only do we have an excuse to go uh but we also have the permission to go to this party so uh we show up in uh vancouver we get some really uh awesome treatment of getting picked up at the airport with our name on a sign i've always wanted that i've never had the opportunity to like look for my name in a a crowd of people so uh we got we got whisked away from the vancouver airport on friday afternoon and not only uh do we get a free ride from the airport but we got transported directly to the set of the flash on friday so we got the tour around the set and we got to see we got to see the speed labs we got to see the inside of central city pd which is a really impressive set like you walk in and you're just like holy crap you know you think of television you know uh, broadcast television is kind of like a, a lower budget affair but man you can really see where they put all of that kind of premiere budget into like these sets because they know they're going to use them over and over again so it's actually really impressive to see and uh we also got to sit 
we got to sit behind Video Village, which Chris, I'm sure you know what Video Village is, but to you people out there, they're, they're, they're uh, you know, a working television set, and I'm sure a movie set as well, has tons of things going on, lots of cameras, so like the directors can't always be like exactly where they're shooting, or they have to be like relegated off to the side, so they basically sit behind a ton of video monitors and computers, and they're looking at what the cameras are seeing so they can, you know, properly direct the actors and move the scenes and change the camera angles, so we got invited to sit right in at Video Village. They brought over little director's chairs for us to sit down in, and we got our little headsets and mic packs, and we got to see we got to see uh, Killer Frost hmm. and Elongation Man uh, shoot a scene, shoot a scene. So we got to see like the the A shot and the B shot, the reverse angles, see them do all these different takes. We got to see them. The actors get a little frustrated, uh, rightly, because like somebody in this gigantic soundstage was talking, and it was being picked up by these super sophisticated mics they were just like who's talking and then like once they find out one person's talking everybody like starts screaming telling everybody to shut up almost like when you're like in a movie theater and someone's <laughs> talking and it's just like a cacophony of people telling you to be quiet so that was really cool and really crazy and i was just doing my best to keep my cool like it was insane like i I've, I've been a big fan of the flash uh, for a while uh i think it's probably one of the 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 better superhero shows for what it's going for you know it's not going for like a dark and gritty serious netflix vibe it's still, it's like a basic uh television like you can just pick it up on, on on an antenna 23 episodes a year it's just kind of like good like gooey candy that's what i like about it so being able to like see them shoot a scene tour the sets and stuff was like rad and um uh, we got to see uh, some of the actors kind of like walking around sets. You know, it, it was really cool. We got a little tour from a from a PA. So yeah, that was that was amazing. Just being able to walk nice. around the set, and that was just the that was just the beginning of the of the meal. Uh, because the very next day, the evening was the party. So uh, we were really uh, comfortably uh, set in downtown Vancouver. So it was just a quick walk from our hotel to the venue of this party. And it was a, a gigantic affair. I think uh, they said there was 1,300 people there. So uh, tons of people that were like related to the show, some people in post-production, some people who are writers, people that are just like PAs on set. So everybody like got a plus one so it just got a huge ton of people there so we showed up and there's just like you know people walking around hors d'oeuvres little burgers sushi we got to make like a flip book so we went and we we went to like a photo booth where it took like a seven second video there's like people like like a sweatshop behind printers they're getting all these things printed off cut it into a flip book that was really cool uh open bar obviously because that's kind of how hollywood operates um the funny thing was the night before the Flash's uh, a 100 celebration mm-hmm. party, Supernatural had their 300th L- episode celebration the night before in the very same venue. So uh, I think Vancouver is uh, used to a lot of these uh, high-profile TV shows, especially since when we uh, when we got off the plane in the airport to get picked up by our driver, there's someone else holding a sign for like Man in the High Castle. So I think there's just there's tons of stuff shooting up. Up there in Vancouver so I'm sure the people that actually live there are just kind of totally used to running into this kind of stuff uh, but Vancouver is kind of relatively small so it's all very condensed so even though I live in Los Angeles it's a very sprawling endeavor so I kind of have to go out of my way to kind of run into any sort of like shooting or filming and plus all that is done in Vancouver or Atlanta so you kind of got to get lucky with a tax credit to come across something out here in Los Angeles 
So yeah, the party was crazy. And then, you know, after we were there for a little bit, warming up, getting some drinks, they had some speeches go up on stage. So uh, the guy who plays Harrison Wells, Tom Cavanaugh was up there and did a speech. I got some pictures of that. Like the president of like Warner Brothers Television did a speech of the CW also went up there and did a speech, got to see the showrunner for The Flash. Uh, They were all very humble, very, very nice, all very thankful because it's a big, uh, it's a big marker to get to 100 episodes. That basically means that you're kind of off the quote unquote bubble and you're safe for the most part going forward. Um, So that was cool. Uh, we were able to kind of like uh, position ourselves and filter around and, you know, we got to meet some of the celebrities. So that was really cool, too. Well, so 100 episodes is also a syndication area, isn't it? So mm-hmm. if they wanted to syndicate this on a different channel like TNT or something like that and get residuals from that, that's a big 100 episodes is big for any any show, um, you know, just in that. But like, I think also syndication is a huge factor if they wanted to oh yeah and it's oh. a big i'm sure it's a big paycheck too for a lot of people and i'm sure syndication has kind of changed in the in the age of streaming but it was really cool we got to go up to uh the guy who plays uh vibe uh on um on the flash i believe his real name is carlos i can't think of his last name uh, <laughs> but just just call him by his tv name oh fun. man i was doing my best not to just walk to these people and call them by the characters because i couldn't just remember their actor i'm already bad with names to begin with so trying to remember like these actors names when I mainly recognize them from their character names but uh, the guy uh, Carlos who played uh, Vibe Cisco on the show really really cool guy um, everybody there is uh, ex- is I'm sure they're exhausted so um, what <laughs> what I would do if I was a celebrity was I wouldn't go to any of these parties because it would just be a nightmare so <laughs> uh, like they're just talking to people one after another after another I'm sure after they talk to me they talk to a hundred other people if I had to get anybody advice if they're ever in a situation like this where they're surrounded by celebrities or even just any one of them and they're talking to a bunch of people just uh, find your anecdote about them if you don't have something like uh, unique to say I don't know compliment something that they're wearing because once you kind of go in there and say, hey, I love you on this show or I love you in this movie, uh, you're really great, uh, the conversation's basically over because you don't know anything more about them and they don't know anything more about you. So we kind of had to warm up to the idea of saying hi to these famous people. But, man, it was crazy. It was super fun. It was a really lucky opportunity. It's not something I normally get to do. So it was pretty uh, starstruck. Walked by uh, Arrow, Stephen Amell. He was giant and tall and very imposing. I'm sure he was very <laughs> nice, but I couldn't really bring myself to try to say hi to him. But if I did, my anecdote was going to be like, man, I want more Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies. I know you're in the last one. Do you hear anything <laughs> about a third one? But uh, I'm pretty sure I'd be the only person that would go up to him talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in an Arrowverse uh, well, type of environment. He probably would welcome that. Uh, just instead of talking about Arrow and his show and what's to come, like, oh, yeah, I do other things other than just you know, be the arrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, did you get anyone to say, listen, to superhero slate by chance? Uh, I, I don't even think it would have been possible in the, <laughs> in the, uh, in, in the environment that I was in, especially how loud it was. But, you know, basically once we, uh, once we chatted up all the, uh, all the celebs that I'm sure were exhausted and left very early, we just danced for the rest of the night, had free drinks. Yeah. And it was a, it was a great weekend. It was, man, it was crazy. Um, if anybody wants any more uh, in-depth details that maybe I couldn't remember, just let me know. <laughs> yeah, that would be that. Yeah, that'd be cool. I, I mean, I plan to hear more about this throughout the week. Uh, since I mean, you literally got off the plane and then ran into your house and we started recording. Yes, so, exactly. Um, so I've not. I mean, with that uh, out-of-state data plan, um, 
and, and stuff like that. I mean, that's just wild. So, uh, th- thanks for sharing your story, Mike. But you know what? We're here to talk about news. And are you ready to talk about news? Oh, I'm ready, man. Well, Mike, I mean, as much as news is good and enjoyable and we like talking about it every week, sometimes we have some bad news. Ah, uh, sometimes. And um, this week is, is no different. Um, uh, we, we have to... I, I, see, I said earlier more in the passing of Stanley. I think this is more celebrate the life of Stanley, Mike. I think yes. um, as someone who was 94, 95 years old, not a lot of people get to live to that age. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, you know, I'm, I'm sure he... I think a lot of pictures from the early like seventies showed him smoking cigars and you know not being probably you know taking care of himself. So the beauty of him, we got got him this far is is awesome. But um, Stanley did did pass away this week, and I, I just I'm kind of more focused on the legacy he's left behind and, and all these characters that you know we're in the golden age of superheroes, whether it be Marvel or DC, and 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 he's had a a huge hand. Uh, in a lot of that, um, not 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 the only hand, but but a huge hand in that, and probably the biggest, I guess, face of comic books, if you will. Yeah, and uh. just a yeah, a huge proponent of superheroes in this whole industry. And you know, personally, on uh, from my experience, you know, I've had a lot of older relatives that live to be. Uh, that live to be just as old or uh, older than Stan, and you know it kind of gets you gets you a little bit more inoculated to the idea that you know once somebody gets kind of up there in the years, you kind of start. Um, not really accepting it, but you kind of start expecting this eventually will happen, and it kind of helps soften the blow. Uh, so, as much as uh, it's it's sad to see him go, you know, mm. I think I thought about this maybe a, a few years ago when we started this podcast. I was like, man, we've pretty much started this whole thing out of the legacy that Stan Lee created. How am I going to feel when this when this man leaves? When this man leaves. And it was, you know, I know it's going to be a sad day and, and it was a bummer, but also it was great to see like all of these people sharing all their memories. Everybody was sharing pictures they had with them. I saw, uh, lucky people that had chances to have face to face meetings and just conversations, uh, bigger celebrities meeting him for the first time. Like Jason Momoa, uh, had a chance to meet Stan Lee recently. Jason Momoa is a huge star. He's Aquaman. And he was just humbled to meet this man that he just met for the first time, like maybe a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. So it's just great to see how everybody just kind of saw him as a beacon of this like creativity and like this champion so it was sad to see him go but at the same time like man we just couldn't even we couldn't have had like a better uh version and a better execution of what stanley did in his life everybody would love to do what he did for 95 years yeah i mean even though i mean he he was like i think bankrupt in the 90s and he saw his you know his return back then but i mean like you i can't think of characters you know now that you know he didn't have a hand in creating um, I mean, the only sad part is he didn't get to see Avengers 4, um, to me, because I think, you know, like, that's the culmination of seeing his his ideas and his creations, uh, co-creations, I guess, um, being brought to the screen and mm-hmm. being, you know, I, I mean, not idolized, but I mean, you, you look, you see a picture of Captain America Iron Man, everybody knows who that is. Mm-hmm. Like, there is no doubt about it that these are household names, and, you know, his, his, his people have crafted his his characters into these movies and into these lifestyles that have just you know 10 years in the making 11 years by the time Avengers 4 comes out like the biggest movies in the world uh the the, the biggest things ever are 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 due in part to him mm-hmm. and, and his ideas um and I'm I'm sure it wasn't always easy and it wasn't always fun 
but he's always been a good person, I guess. Um, his ideals have always been pretty, pretty up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was reading some stuff he posted, like so on his old soapboxes in the comics, and like, you know, sixties, seventies. You know, talking about you know bullying isn't good, and you know uh, we don't like Nazis and 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 stuff like that. So mm-hmm. uh, it's just it's just amazing, you know, um, that someone from that era could could come out and still be you know, that bright shining star. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I wouldn't be naive at all. I'm sure a, a man that's lived as long as he has through the, 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 the years and the decades that he's lived, I'm, I'm sure he's not the, the perfect uh, angel that we'd all hope him to be. But I mean, mm-hmm. making it this far, you know, uh, he's done a lot of great things and I'm just glad we ha- we never had to uh, fight through any sort of like gigantic scandal. And I'm sure if there was yeah. one, it would have came out. So uh, I- I'm just I'm just glad he was able to make what he made while he was here. And man, it's just it's great. He really loved it, too. I mean, this dude is in his 90s and he was still going to conventions like I, I sent you a message after he passed. And I was like, you had a picture with Stan. You know, what year was that from and where is it? And you're just like, yeah, that was just like last year. And I was like, man, that's just last year. He was going that strong, going to the conventions. I'm 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 much, much, much younger than Stan. And I'm like still exhausted when I leave the <laughs> house and he's just he's just going all out man it's just yeah it, it's it's a shame to see him go man it, it is uh, but you know what i think there will be a couple marvel movies with him in it coming forward yeah uh, that, we're, gonna, we're gonna relish in those i was really curious um if, if anybody ever approached ever approached him because he obviously loved doing these cameos uh he yeah. loved being a part of this uh, universe that he helped create i wonder if maybe there was a contract somewhere written up or maybe one that he signed that said yeah you can just perpetually have me cameo in all of your movies i don't care if it's cg um i mean we we have reported on the show before where he has basically like gone to like a green screen studio you know with um with James Gunn or I'm sure Kevin Feige or the Russo brothers. And I'm sure he shot tons of stuff. He could have hours and hours of cameos ready to go and they could just green screen them in anywhere they wanted to. So I, you know, it would kind of be up to him, but I I hope whatever his last cameo is, I hope it's just awesome. Yeah. Well, I I think it will probably be Spider-Man and that will probably be fitting seeing that that is one of his most popular biggest creations ever yeah Um, that makes sense i wore my i mean i was at a dc party this weekend for the flash and i still wore my spider-man socks with my suit and (laughs) shoes and there was uh there was no hate there because everybody even at dc has to thank stan the man like when, when i said earlier when i was on um Video Village watching them uh, shoot those scenes. You know, in between shots when they're kind of setting the lighting and changing things, the, the actors do like, you know, a little banter back and forth. And just before they started rolling, uh, I, I heard one of them uh, shout out, Rest in Peace, Stan Lee. So even on like a set of a DC show, like days after he has passed away with the consciousness that is, you know, uh, of uh, humans these days where the attention span is so short, even just them shooting mm-hmm. a scene of The Flash, they're even like shouting out respects to Stan in the middle of their scene. I thought I thought it was amazing, just like one little moment that went by like a flutter. So I think that's, that's awesome, just how much um, rivalry that was between those two comic books. But, you know, just at the end of this legacy, everybody's still... Uh, yeah. still uh, sending it up for him. I love that. Yeah, I got well. I got two things to wrap this up. The last uh-huh. uh, cameo we saw Stanley in was actually a DC movie. Uh-huh. Uh, Teen Titans go to the movies. <laughs> yes, and that's a great cameo too. It's like I love cameos. I don't care what I'm in. 
Yeah, exactly. So that's that was really that's, that's a really uh I guess fitting fitting cameo for that for his last one and then um I I my best story still is my first photo with Stanley because I have two. Mm-hmm. Uh he actually called me a good man oh, to my man. face there as I go. was leaving and that will if I always joked, if I ever had to, you know, go, I wanted to go work for Kevin Feige or, or Marvel Studios, I would just put uh, on my resume a piece of paper, uh, "You're a good man," uh, in quotes. Dash Stanley, and that's my resume. Just Un- kind of handy under the accomplishment section. <laughs> no, that's this is it. That's all oh, that's paper, just the right? resume. Okay, big bold. You're talking like forty yeah. port, forty point font. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, they, that was that's always um, it's just surreal for for him like to get a to get a compliment from Stanley. You know, that's just uh, blew my mind uh, all those years ago. Actually, I was wearing a shirt you designed in it, the Dat Mass shirt when I got oh, my first picture of yeah, Stanley. That's right. So that was a, that was a while before yeah. the show, Mike. That was so long ago. <laughs> um, anyways, Stanley, we'll miss you. We, we, we loved you, we'll miss you, and we hope to see you in Avengers 4, Mike, um, which is my next topic here. I've got a couple more trailer dates locked down. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, they're doing a uh, screening of Avengers Infinity War on November 28th with one of the Russo brothers. Um, why they're doing a screening in the middle of November? Or yeah, at the end of November? Yeah, it's a little weird. Where, with who? Is any Can anybody go? What What is this? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I think this either this might be either like a an Oscar buzz screening, kind of like they did with. Uh, um, oh, I see. It. Like with Black Panther. Black Panther, mm-hmm. but I mean, this was from Collider, uh, and, and it's in the L.A. area, so um, you can actually um, get into a free screen. I'm going to 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 eat, send you this link right now, Mike. All right. So you can fill this out later. Um, but um, I, I just that's a that's a really <laughs> weird time to have this screening. Um, and there's there's no other information about it. I don't know. Uh, my 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 assumption would be like they're they're giving the pretense of an Infinity War, and they could debut the first trailer there and then online the next day. That's true. And e- even as tight knit as like winning tickets and getting like a Hollywood screening and whatever affidavits that you you need to sign to get sworn to secrecy, I would assume that that trailer is going to have the title of the next movie in it. And as much as maybe you could avoid people like spoiling different scenes or, you know, trailers don't give a a lot away. That title is the spoiler for the trailer. I'm actually really curious uh, how I'm going to watch the trailer without spoiling the title, because I would imagine if you're cutting this trailer, it's going to be a bunch of awesome, really emotional, crazy scenes that you see. And the very last thing that you (laughs) see in the trailer is the reveal of the title. But I just have a strong feeling and I'm going to, I'm going to click on that trailer on YouTube and it's going to be right in the text underneath the video and it's going to be spoiled right there. So like I'm trying to uh, envision a way how I can watch the trailer without seeing the title. Cause I, 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 I think that would just be have a little bit of more emotional resonance to it, you know? It might, but I think the title, again, like we said, we're just going to be disappointed by it. Um, I'm banking Avengers Annihilation. I'm feeling it. Yeah, me too. Oh, probably wrong. But also, uh, the Captain Marvel prelude comic uh, for the movie just came out this past week. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of it, it says on December 5th, the prelude comic for the next Avengers movie is there. It comes out December 5th. Okay, so you're saying we got a we got a really, really solid window here between the 28th and the 5th. We have to get a trailer somewhere because in there. I don't think they'll put the comic book out without the title. Oh yeah, you wouldn't want to do that. So I, I think I think at least by the fifth. That means there is a there is a there is a printer somewhere printing these comic books, and they see uh-huh. the title on it right now. Yep, I'm sure tons of people know 
but they like they they are Marvel is very much you know snipers at the ready, man. So mm-hmm. um, you don't want to leak that out there. But I think I think we're again as Doctor Strange says, we're in the end game, Mike. Mm-hmm. This is it. We're it's probably tomorrow. Watch this be tomorrow. Like we're. we're, not, we're <laughs> I mean, maybe it's the beginning. I mean, we we theorize that it could be just before the holiday season here in America. But oh man, I'm I'm just itching because it's either going to be Annihilation. I think it could possibly be Endgame. Um, we we gotta we gotta wait and see. Yeah, Avengers Assemble was another popular one. I don't know. We'll see. But in that regard, Infinity War uh, and some other Marvel movies this year won uh, some uh, big awards at the People's Choice Awards. Ah, the the coveted People's Choice Awards. Yep. (laughs) It might be, you know, uh, for us, you know, little small potatoes, but for the average viewer, Mike, they they see this stuff. They, They... they may, they may see. I actually met people who've seen every Marvel movie but Infinity War this week, and what? I'm like, "What are you doing with your lives? Oh my god, this movie changed my world." Oh uh, man, so. I have uh, I have really really close friends that I'm that I'm still best friends with back uh, back growing up back in the day, and uh, they still they don't they don't really attach these Marvels movies as much. And I'm just like, oh my god, it's so weird knowing that I'm friends with people that like aren't in enveloped in this as much as I am but you know that's uh we're we're weird people Chris <laughs> yeah we are we're weird people but Infinity War took home movie of the year which I think is their biggest award in action movie of the year uh at the the PCAs uh Black Panther uh got uh male movie star of the year with Chadwick Boseman and action movie star of the year with uh, Dana Guerrera uh and lastly Scarlett Johansson got female movie star of the year all right. <laughs> so, um, I think, you know, for the MCU racking up five pretty big, I mean, you know, we talked about the nitty gritties of, of awards, like the, the, the movie itself, um, and the actors. And I think they, they cleaned up pretty good there this year. Yeah. So. I, there's a, there's a lot of statistical analyzing that goes into award season and there's these whole algorithms that can determine like best picture winner at the Oscars, like based on like how they did the golden Globes and how they did it. Like the, um, the actors guild awards and stuff. And they add up all these numbers. I have a feeling the people's choice awards don't really go into that equation that much <laughs> since it's probably about a notch above the kids choice awards on Nickelodeon, but still, yeah. no, that's awesome. The, the, well, I mean, I, I don't put any Faith in the Oscars either. Like I'm not gonna watch any of those pretentious bullshit movies. So it is what it is. And at least you know if you have an award and you can put it on a shelf, you might as well do it. Um, but the whole point is, is, I mean, I think this People's Choice Award for Scarlett Johansson is definitely gonna get her that Black Widow movie. Mike. Mm. I mean, this is it. This was this was the, the straw that broke that camel's back. Like, not that everybody wants to see her <laughs> or anything. It was this this award. Um, with the Black Widow uh, movie's got some casting details. It sounds like they're going out to casting, so I, th- I, I feel really strongly that this is going to be our May 2020 movie. Okay. Um, and, and then the main villain is actually going to be a male character. I thought it would be more of a probably a female equivalent of Black Widow, but maybe there's someone at the top pulling the puppet strings, if you will. Uh, and the the secondary villain is a female, so probably maybe a, an alternate Black Widow, kind of like trained with her. Turn one's evil, one's good, kind of thing. Palette swap type deal that we've seen plenty of times before. Yeah, and one of the the interesting things is the um is a young twenty ish American egg role they're looking for here, which I think might be either maybe her target or someone she's hard to protect uh, throughout this movie. So we may, may- uh, see someone we know. Maybe her avenue back into maybe investigating this uh, organization that brought her up is, um, I don't know if it maybe still 
technically exist within the MCU. I don't know if we have any sort of a uh, like verification on that, but maybe it has started back up. She's got to go back to motherland Russia and like fight through the organization and put it down for good because uh, even though it made her into a superhero, it's definitely not good because they're going to scoop out those ovaries. <laughs> so she's going to mm-hmm. stop that from happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, the um, Red Room and the that the organization was brought up quite a bit in Agent the Agent Carter series. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, they've got some history there. How they're going to do it, I, I don't really know, but um, I, I think that this will be their their kickoff for twenty twenty. Which it feels weird to say the Black Widow will be their their main movie for twenty twenty, but I. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe something else is going to pop up. It'll, it'll be a cool year for uh, for superhero heroines because uh, Wonder Woman will be that year as well, and they'll probably both be sharing the, the summer box office, so that'll be kind of cool. And actually, yeah. if the People's Choice Award is maybe good for anything, it'd be interesting to see if those winners predict the box office because these are the people's choice, and the people mm-hmm. pay for the tickets to go see the movie. So, yeah, Scarlett Johansson is winning Female Movie Star of the Year. That could translate to box office dollars in 2020 yeah i mean it definitely could and um i you never know i mean uh that that first weekend of may with a marvel logo on it people are gonna eat that up mike mm-hmm. I, think, I think regardless uh the movie that was probably in the middle of 2020 or maybe may was the guardians of the galaxy volume three and while uh james gunn is no longer with it the current rumor is travis knight who is known for uh, Kubo and the Two Strings and his upcoming movie Bumblebee, which mm-hmm. has really strong positive reactions, is rumored to be a favorite for this. So, um, he, he was previously a finalist for the Eternals movie, um, which went to, I forget who that went to, but the person who's directing the Eternals movie was a finalist for actually the Black Widow movie. So, it seems they, they have a bunch of directors they like, they just mix them, um, match them on, on projects they need. So. so, now that you bring up Bumblebee, that reminds me of something I heard just this week about Venom, where uh, we had a movie critic uh, that I saw online that was looking into these big box office Chinese returns for Venom, and they were just like, you know, what's going on over there? Is Venom really got some sort of secret sauce that China really loves? Well, uh, what, what it could be is that, you know, Venom is not just all entirely made by Sony. You know, a lot of these big Hollywood movies are also uh, co-produced with other financiers from around the world. And one of them from China, the financier also owns a marketing company out there in China. So I mm-hmm. think that they have a more of a, a crafted, finesse way to kind of um, market these movies out in China. And that same company who also invested in Venom is also invested in Bumblebee. So we might be see a big Chinese return for Bumblebee as well, thanks to just the a marketing push out there also so i don't know maybe travis knight could have a lot of dollars under his uh belt once the end of the year rolls through i don't know there's gonna be a lot of competition when it comes well, to the end of the year here well have you well uh, the Transformers movies have always done big in china mm-hmm. i mean i think that's why like the worst one with the Dinobots was like mostly in china i think but have you seen the Boyfriend Venom posters for the Chinese, Chinese Yeah, movies? when they were talking about that story, they said that was kind of part of the marketing, too. Yeah, these weird kind of like webcomic-style posters of just Venom helping some girls take a selfie. It's just weird, man. <laughs> well, there's a whole series of them taking a selfie, holding an umbrella, carrying bags, and like on a on a train with somebody. Like, mm-hmm. And this is not Venom at all, like that we know of. It's yeah. just like a happy-go-lucky, chibi-looking Venom, and they're like, yep. We like it, so I... 
Yeah, I mean I don't maybe know, there's man. a there apparently there's got there's some sort of secret sauce when it comes to uh, marketing over in China. They cited another source of a previous movie that they had done earlier in the year. It, it may have been the Meg. I'm not too sure if it was or not. But they said, oh, this movie previous in the year that was also advertised by them had a big return from China. So. Uh, yeah, I, that's the that's the moral of the story is you just got to get the right marketer over there to do yeah. a weird, weird chibi version helping out girls in China. Mm-hmm. Hey, but you you also you really enjoy Kubo and the Two Strings, is that correct? Uh, that correct? I'm a, I'm a little on the border with it. It's yeah. obviously beautiful, but I think the story is a little weak. Uh-huh. Well, I think if they use the James Gunn story, maybe Travis Knight could make this look good. Oh maybe. yeah, I mean that's possible. Um, in the Bumblebee movie, what I like about the new trailers, I don't know if you've seen any of them, like, they literally have the Generation 1 Transformers on Cybertron in most of these trailers now. Like, the original cartoon versions of the, the oh, yeah. Transformers. And I'm like, well, holy shit, that's a sound wave, and he's shooting cassettes out of his chest. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, and the trailer like, makes it feel like this Bumblebee movie is actually going to have heart, which is actually something that kind of did exist in the very first Transformers movie, which I still like. Yeah. I mean, some people just like to trash on the entire franchise and say it never should have been made to begin with, but that first movie is still good. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't care what anybody says, so. I, 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 nothing will ever stop the, the feeling of seeing that Transformer in that modern transformation the first time you see it, where you see mm-hmm. all the gears and stuff. Swir- swir- and then they just stop showing people Transformer. I'm like, that's the best part of this movie. Yeah, like, what? It's called Transformers. Don't cut out the transforming people. Yeah, no, And it's one of the last times you get to see Shia LaBeouf before he just goes absolutely crazy in real life. So <laughs> Yeah, he did. He did. Gone. Gone, gone, gone. Anyway, Guardians Galaxy, we may have a, a director announcement. Uh, or, or at least, you know, announce on the horizon. They need to announce their movie slate um, sooner than later, Mike, if these are going to get into production. So yeah. uh, hopefully we hear something from that. Daredevil, um, the season four has been pitched uh, from the season three showrunner, Eric Olison. He, he's pitched it to Netflix. So we're going to see if possibly Daredevil could get a season four. Um, a lot of people are feeling the Netflix shows are dying and dying quickly. Yeah, they're just there, uh so. they're just losing steam. They don't have enough coal in the fire to really kind of push them up the hill. You know, I I'm slowly working my way through season 4. I've liked what I have seen so far. They the last episode that I watched is relatively early in the season. They do a really creative storytelling uh, uh, mechanism to kind of show like a flashback for one of the new characters in this season. I don't, I don't want to spoil it too much, but it was really mm-hmm. clever. It was really cool. And um uh, one of uh, one of the fans of our show, I think they they wrote in a couple weeks ago that said they weren't really digging this season cuz it just seemed really really slow. But uh for for me, it's actually working out really well because I think Charlie Cox can really handle that type of performance. But yeah, it's really hard for me to imagine like season eight of Daredevil. You know, I'm not saying it needs eight seasons to be a successful series or a successful show, but I mean, eventually Daredevil's got to end within yeah. like a couple of years. So it's just like, you know, you got to fi- start to find your endpoint eventually, you know, is it season five? That's fine. You know, maybe start working your way to kind of what you really want to say about Daredevil and Matt Murdock and Charlie Cox, you know? Yeah. Um, do you think that Disney could, if, if they cancel any more of these, do you think Disney would pick them up with the same actors and, and use their own um, creative teams to, to I, continue that story? I don't think they would just because they have just such a, a 
such a sharp eye for the long game when it comes to all of these really, really important and expensive properties for them. You know, like uh, Kathleen Kennedy, you know, is on record somewhere saying that they're not worried about the next Star Wars movie. They're worried about like the next 10 years of Star Wars. I'm sure it's the same thing with Marvel. Eventually, all of these Marvel characters are going to be rebooted, whether we like it or not. We will get another Steve Rogers someday, and when that happens, they'll have Daredevil in their pocket, and they'll be able to put him up on the big screen finally. So yeah. I think they'll get, you know, four years, four seasons of Daredevil, you know, plus uh, Defenders and any other cameos he might make maybe in the next season of Jessica Jones. That's a that's a good act. That's a good performance. That's a good job. Nothing to turn your nose up at, but I don't think Disney is going to kind of help them limp along unless they have some sort of grand plan of somehow having Daredevil meet up with like in the Loki show. That well, would be insane. I don't know if that'll happen. Well, but. well, I mean, again, not knowing what Infinity War Part 2 does to the universe, could they technically... I guess, could they reboot these characters with new stories if they wanted to, I Yeah, guess. maybe, but I, I kind of see the, I, the cynical side of me thinks like, oh, there's a producer at Disney that says like, oh, this is my shot to get a uh, to get a younger, uh, more famous person with more, I don't know, Instagram followers on the screen. Um, I, as much as I love Charlie Cox and I don't want to shame anything about the man growing older because I would love to be as fit as he is at whatever age he is, uh, you can start to see that hairline uh, re- re- receding on him in this oh. season so you know he's only got so many years with that hairline so Dude, a building fell on him he's stressed out he's got <laughs> hair all right that's that's the worst thing he's got he'll be all right but in that regard you know we don't know the the, the future of the netflix shows. however agents of shield has been renewed for a season seven without season six ever hitting screens yet yeah that makes me excited i mean it's a little little trepidation there because that we know the next season is going to be shorter so this kind of could in the scope look like just a normal season renewal but mm-hmm. and just cut in half but yeah i like the idea that we're getting more I'm, I'm i'm just kind of starting to settle in the shield finally after six seasons you know yeah so season six debuts next summer after it is get both avengers movies thoroughly um uh, we do not know the current status of agent colson not to give any spoilers but we don't know what he, what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, this will debut next summer uh, with 13 episodes on ABC. And then I think they announced season seven because I think here's what my, my thought is, Mike. Mm-hmm. They can do film season six and seven back to back and reduce their costs because they have everything already ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they do this now, they can go ahead and film seven while six is in production, knock them all out and be ready to roll, um, which is really cool. However, in the credits, Phil Coulson uh, slash, you know, um, uh, what's his, the character's name? Clark Gregg is not in any of the credits. <laughs> so they're like playing, tiptoeing around if he's going to return or not for, mm-hmm. these, for these shows. Um, also, hours after they announced this, the president of ABC um, uh, quit, left the, sh- left the network. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, Channing Dungy, she left the network. She's been replaced by... Um, I think her name was Carrie Burke, uh, who is the programming uh, head of programming for Freeform. So um, it's interesting. I, I mean, if you have to fill a position, you have to fill a position. So I, I don't know if I don't know if um, that the current president, the old president, had any dogs in the fight for Shield or not, or was against it. 
So we'll we'll have to see how this plays out after season seven. Um, I mean, I, I wonder if there's a possibility if Shield could ever move over to Freeform. They're kind of building a little something over there with this kind of alternative programming. Uh, Freeform almost seems to be something that's trying to almost compete with a CW style of audience uh, mm-hmm. with the with the demographics. So I wonder maybe hey, put Shield on Freeform. You know, you're gonna have um, the Runaways there sometimes when they're taking it from Hulu. Cloak and Dagger has got a season two coming up I, I don't i don't know if abc would would do that but maybe there's a possibility because we've seen shield almost go away so maybe if it is ever yeah. under threat again maybe it will just get shifted to another network yeah and, and i think i mean i think the current president she's only around two and a half years so i think she might have actually been kind of hesitant to like she may have canceled agent carter and all these other things so we might maybe see a renewal and maybe some marvel shows um coming back since she hasn't really done anything but shield but in that regard, we get our first look at the character Quake in Season 6, Mike. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, she's got a little splash of color in her outfit and her hair. Um, definitely, I, I don't know what to make of this outfit other than, yeah, it looks like a shield outfit. What, yeah. do, you, what do you think? Uh, yeah, it looks like a shield outfit. Um, I wonder if maybe the splashes of purple are maybe a little bit uh, influenced from her animated run as Quake on, what was it, Marvel Rising? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, Heroes Rising. Or yeah, like where uh, Chloe Bennett also voiced the character of Quake, and you know, on a cartoon, you're not just going to draw your characters in all black. You're going to throw in more splashes of color because you have the opportunity to do that. So I wonder if maybe there's a little influence there, a cross pollination. Yeah, I think it. I think it looks cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks very much like an Agents of Shield uh, suit. So not much to write about here, but yeah, it looks good. Yeah, she's she's got her gauntlets on, uh, which helps her focus her powers. So that's mm-hmm. a plus. But it looks very less armor less militant and more like she's using her powers kind of strictly mm-hmm. to do stuff so um yeah i don't know where this season's gonna go i have no idea looks like they're in their old ship there behind her and that's about all we got mike mm-hmm. so uh buckle up we won't know anything until next year uh the elseworlds uh for the cw i think takes place in real time sooner than episode 100 right for the flash mm-hmm um, and that's coming up. So we got our first look at Batwoman, or not our second look at Batwoman. Uh, Ruby Rose here. It looks like I put the wrong link in there, so I'm gonna have to do a little little search here. Chris, um, you, you don't even have to worry about it because I saw the picture. She has a grappling gun in her hand, um, and she's she's yep. got gadgets. She looks uh, pretty much similar to the other photos that we've seen of her come out. So we're not really getting any like new um, new looks or corners or rotations of the suit that we haven't seen before. But she's got gadgets, so I think that's good news. Uh, because uh, yeah. a, a lot of the CW heroes usually get gadgets at some point in time. I know Arrow's got a lot of them because he's got a lot of different types of arrows that he shoots. Um, so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to see how the, the crossover lands. I want to know kind of what Greg Berlanti's version of Gotham is, what exact, what planet, what universe he's putting it in. Is it really going to be mm-hmm. down the street for Supergirl, or is it going to be technically on another Earth? I, I want to see how that goes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think this picture, the first one is a very light image, and you really don't see usually Bat characters very well lit up. Mm-hmm. Um, so this new one is in the dark in the show, so something I think we'll see more of in the show. And and I honestly think it looks a little better than the yeah, first image the, we got. The, the gun kind of resembles, I don't really know exactly what I'm pulling from here, but it resembles a little bit of... Um, 
of of the uh, George Clooney Batman movie because I think because mm-hmm. I think I remember having maybe some of those action figures and seeing all um, those gadgets on the screen because I was like a gadget kid when I had when I had action figures growing up I would get so upset when I would lose their accessories that came with them because you can't have as much fun playing with them if they don't have the swords that they came with or the guns or the grappling hooks so yeah the kind of like the the rounded looks and the you know the way that kind of splits out there yeah it looks like a a bat grappling gun yep definitely on board with that uh on the other note uh one of the cw shows supergirl i think which airs on sunday nights now i believe mm-hmm. um they've cast we talked about this lex luther but they've cast the actor john crier <laughs> as lex luther i don't know if this is uh genius or it's just gonna be bizarre but when i saw the casting i was like really john crier then i think i saw like a screenshot of him uh, somewhat recently where he has started to lose some of his hair. Uh, I don't know if he's going to go total uh, NBA shaven bald and shiny, but yeah, I could see John. I could almost see John Cryer playing Lex Luthor on the big screen. Uh, so well, I could see this as a good get here. Do I have some trivia for you in Superman four? John Cryer played Lenny Luthor. Uh, one of the relatives to Lex Luthor in that movie. <laughs> Whoa, okay. <laughs> uh, if you do a quick Google, Mike, I'm going to ask you this. For Lenny Luthor, um, you're going to see John Cryer's awesome hairstyle. It looks like he's pulled out of a Back to the Future movie um, with his like little faux hawk and his jacket there going on. All right, I'm looking at it. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that does look just like somebody in Back to the Future that was grabbing one of those weird Pepsi bottles. Yeah. So um, he is no stranger to Superman lore. Uh, I don't know. Again, I don't know if this is crazy casting or genius casting because all I know is modern John Cryer, and mm-hmm. all I can think of is Two and a Half Men, <laughs> which is not a, a compliment by any. any uh, yeah, I mean, I've only ever seen him act goofy and just like high stressed, and uh, yeah, I would like to see if he can pull off the evil manicness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll definitely be uh, a. a a challenge, or not a challenge, a chance for him to act and give us something a little differently. So, Thumbs up, um, I approve. This is one of the more yeah. surprising, shocking news bits that, that that's out this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. I will. Pro- I, I look forward to these photos, Mike, of this guy doing mm-hmm. this. Um, Young Justice Outsiders on the DC Universe gave us a teaser today, or I guess this weekend, a big teaser, if you will, uh, showing Earth become Apocalypse, maybe. Uh, and I think the biggest thing here is the release date is January 4th. Yep, so, uh, I think th- it's pretty much right on cue with probably when Titans is done wrapping up. Because yep. uh, that's that's all the DC streaming app can do is just try to hold on until the next show is ready. They're just trying to, trying to daisy chain them together to keep your subscription out there. I'm still not subscribed yet. I think I'm I think I'm just going to wait until uh, um, until Titans is all wrapped up, until I make well, my decision. I, I think you're probably going to wait until Young Justice is on there for a couple episodes at least to, yeah. to get you caught up. I mean, I guess I could. I could just wait until I get all the goods. Yeah, because well, I think Young Justice is split, being split into two release sections, kind of like what they do with like Voltron and stuff on Netflix, mm-hmm. where like the smaller sections of a season. Um, so I know it's coming out. Um, I know you're a big fan of it. But, I mean, that's, that's a lot sooner than I thought it would be. But mm-hmm. I also can't believe we're almost in December. Um I bought an ugly Christmas sweater today. So. <laughs> there's a uh, there's a great Twitter account out there just called um, 
year year progress or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it's called, but it just it just tweets out in different intervals uh, how how far we have completed the year so far with just like <laughs> a little um, bark with like a little barcode made of characters. So yep. I think just as of yesterday we were eighty eight percent through the year. So there uh, you go. You are you are correct. I pulled up his year underscore progress here. There you go. <laughs> um, and I. Uh, this is not doing anything for me. Put your well, year in I, perspective because once you're uh, once you're out of like grade school and college and you don't have like classes and summer break to really structure your year, you're you're from January to December just like the rest of us schmucks. Yeah. <laughs> taxes really taxes drive that one. Yeah. So, yep, there we go. Almost almost January. Star Wars uh, on their streaming service, The Mandalorian, we have some uh, confirmation, I believe. Uh, Pedro Pascal, known for his role as the whippy guy in Kingsman 2, mm-hmm. and uh, I think the main villain in Wonder Woman 84 has been cast in a lead role for this show. Mm. Will he be the Mandalorian, the man under the helmet? Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure he probably will be, but no one said anything so far. <laughs> I mean, I like Pedro Pascal. He was like really the one thing that I really enjoyed from Kingsman too, since I didn't like that movie that much. So yeah, I love I love Pedro. He's awesome. Yeah, and I think you know he he he's an up and coming actor. So to be in uh, one superhero uh, property, he was in Game of Thrones, being in Wonder Woman eighty four, another one. And then this, I mean, he he's a high-demand actor, man. Yeah. I mean, the Mandalorian right now is pretty funny because it's such a high-profile, very expensive show that we know. We've seen photos of the Mandalorian, but we don't know who is under the helmet. So I feel like I feel like he's Master Chief <laughs> running around. Who, I, I'm thinking more of the South Park. Who is the coon? <laughs> who is I, he? I hope it's Carl Urban. I hope he just lifts up the helmet halfway and we just see the below the nose. And we're just like, that's Carl Urban. I know for sure. I've seen the from, bottom half of that face before. <laughs> from Judge Dredd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's that. Also, Gina Carano, who was, um, one of the, the hench women in Deadpool, um, has been cast in the film. Um, what you mean, was her? You mean the series? Yeah, in, in the series. Yes. Yeah, sorry. In the series. I was thinking of Deadpool again. Yeah, um, gotcha. because I mean, I can't remember her name in Deadpool, but she was the one who fought Colossus there at the end. Um, and, and she was trading punches and then, and her top fell off. Oh, she was, yeah, she was like the strong, was she like Russian? Or I don't think she spoke, actually. No, Um, she wasn't Russian, um, but I mean, she was just, she was just super strong. Because she does the superhero landing. Mm -hmm. So, um, so she's also been cast in the series, and she looks about the build of a Mandalorian, if I was to be honest. I put her in the armor. I never thought that there could be a woman under that helmet. Oh, man, what does that say about me in 2018, that I don't, I just can't assume it's a woman. You know, I, I, I probably... You know, was one of those kids that failed the test. Like, did your did your teacher ever on like the first day of science class hand out a piece of paper and ask you to draw draw a scientist? And then you just then you're just concerned, like, oh, I got to get the beakers right, I got to get all the measuring stuff right, got to get the lab coat just right. But the trick was, he just wanted to see how many people drew a man and how many people drew a woman. And and you know, what am I doing? It could be a woman. Woman for Mandalorian. <laughs> it could be. Uh, most of my science classes were just like, open your book up to page one, write your name in it. This, this is your book. You were actually learning stuff, and I was drawing pictures. Yeah, exactly. I think you might have been in art class, and you've been a hand. You know but... what? It could have been. I, I was had, Chris. I was had. Yeah. Well, also, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, the theme park attraction coming to both parks that mm-hmm. we talked about earlier. Um, John Williams is 
was composing the music for both of those editions, uh, both Disney uh, attractions. Hell so. yeah! I know, I know. It's ambiguous that the park opens at some point in summer next year. And I'm hoping, crossing my fingers, that it's at the beginning of summer because if we can swing things just right, Chris, when I get you out here on the West Coast for Comic-Con, we might be able to sneak a trip down to Star mm-hmm. Wars land and we could do we could do a whole spoiler cast on this podcast for Star Wars land, which I think would be helpful because not everybody can just run out to Anaheim whenever they want or down to Florida to experience Star Wars land and maybe we could get the word to people. We would take so many selfies, Mike. <laughs> there would be so many selfies. But um, yeah, there's a bunch of uh, uh, there's a bunch of rides and things coming up. I think one of them's like three person ride where you, you do three different roles on the Millennium Falcon. And I just want to get my blue hotels. milk, man. I got to get my blue milk on, and then we yeah. can walk over to California Adventure and get our group bread and ride the Guardians ride. It's just going to be a nerdy day, like, man. Blue blue milk is old news. I want green milk. I want to find <laughs> one of those creatures where it dispenses the green milk just like Luke does in the Last Jedi. <laughs> That's to, what I want. You in have my to put on a hygienic glove before you pull that teat, though, because you don't want to share germs with the person that was just in front of you. Nah, it's Disney. It's all right. They, they'll take care of that. Um but yeah, so that's cool. John Williams is doing the music, uh, keeping it consistent across all the Star Wars stuff. So kudos to him for doing that. The Morbius movie uh, uh, is, is, is coming. Uh, <laughs> With Venom making uh, way too much money. Uh, I think over $800 million so far, um, which is blowing my mind. Um, the Morbius movie is starting some sort of production, pre-production, because Jared Leto shared a video of him shaving his beard off to be ready for Morbius. Yeah, and I like how he seems like it's got to be a big deal, like his beard is iconic or something. Like, I mean, I'm not trying to shame the man, but he's got he's kind of got like a Johnny Depp beard going on where it's really kind of scraggly, not the <laughs> not the most connected and full thing I've ever seen. I mean, I can't really complain. My, my beard's not much better than that, but it's not like you're watching um, some uh, mustachioed icon, you know, <laughs> shave the mustache. Yeah, it it's it's a little weird. Um, I I really hope he doesn't send like you know weird like used blood bags to his co like stars <laughs> like he did on Suicide Squad. Like, can you just keep this one normal for once for us, like please? Because nobody really wants this, so just 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 get it done with so we can get it over with. I don't I don't know. We'll see how it goes. We're lucky enough that uh, Spider Man has a pretty strong rogues gallery that hasn't been cannibalized by Sony just yet. So I think Marvel can still get some it, good Spider Man movies well, with some better villains. They are literally about to suck the life right out of it, Mike, with this vampire esque <laughs> movie. Yep. So um don't don't get your hopes up. Um but I, I mean, it's it's gonna happen. Whatever. I mean, I don't. I, if they're shaving his beard, I imagine they're probably pretty far in pre-production. Like this is probably like costume testing. Or they know like that. that Morbius is gonna be clean shaven. That's we know yeah. that for sure. <laughs> yeah. The, the, I mean, if they shave the beard, there's no going back now. This is it. They they find this is like pouring the concrete, man. They gotta start. But on, on happy news, we get we're gonna end our, our our news thing with three trailers, Mike. That okay. we talked about. So three. Three movies got some some trailers this week, um, and first and foremost is Toy Story Four gave us two teasers this week. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is hilarious to me. It's the old classic pals of Toy Story: Buzz, Woody, Jesse, Slinky Dog, Mister Potato Head, uh, Mrs. Rex. Potato Head. Yeah, yeah, Mister Potato Rex. I think I think I don't think Ham's in there, and then Forky. <laughs> Forky, the new guy on the, the new, new guy, guy on the street. Forky. <laughs> 
And the my best part is everyone's happy and they're, they're they're holding hands and singing and then Forky is just freaking the hell out. Like he looks like some sort of abomination like some kid made in craft school and he does not want to be alive at that moment. And it, for me that's just hilarious to yeah, see this in a toy story. I have such weird feelings about this movie cuz I still think it doesn't need to exist, but I've started to see some rationalization out there on the internet that that does kind of turn me around a little bit. And I think the biggest one is is not necessarily that we, we could be telling a story of what makes a toy alive and is anything with like squiggly eyes and um, pipe cleaners technically alive and has to deal with what it's like to have a soul. I don't know. That could be really weird. But I think what somebody I, I said, I can't attribute it to anybody because it was just in the cacophony of reaction videos out there, was... Yes, Andy has grown up and moved on from toys, but Buzz and Woody are theoretically eternal. You know, they're mm-hmm. going to be around for a long time having lots of adventures. So there is a little bit of rationale there that means just because they moved on to a new home with a with a new kid, she's going to grow up one day and what's going to happen to them then? Is it just this torturous cycle of moving yeah. on from kid to kid? So there could be some story there, but I think this the second teaser is a little bit a little bit more fun for me. Yeah, so the second teaser uh, introduces um, two new characters. I forget what their names are called, but it seems to be like at a circus or, or like a carnival Yeah, kind of going on. And they're talking kind of fourth wall breaking about Toy Story. Uh, and they're voiced by uh, uh, comedians Key and Peele. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they're talking, I, I guess, like what's the catchphrase for Buzz? Uh, it's it's very re- reminiscent of a very popular sketch that they did mm-hmm. on their sketch show where it was uh, two valets outside um, just chatting about how much they love Liam Neeson. So it was kind of like replacing Liam Neeson with uh, Toy Story characters. A little bit more toned down, not, not, as, uh, not as crazy as they could go on Comedy Central. But yeah, I just love that Key and Peele were just down to kind of reprise a sketch but within the Pixar universe. So um, some people were saying that uh maybe this uh this teaser was released maybe a little earlier to kind of compete with the next trailer we're going to talk about but i have a feeling disney had this all planned out it's not like they just whipped this up uh, in a second so yeah i think that's kind of cool pixar trailers have always been really weird they never really go to the, the traditional route of having like you know like a like a one minute 30 second teaser trailer with kind of like an expectation of a fuller trailer later down the line there's always just kind of like weird clips and funny random stuff going Going on, so it's a little different marketing when it comes to a Pixar release, you know. I can't honestly remember any Pixar trailer after I see the movie. Because mm-hmm. um, I mean, you know, recently Inside Out, Moana. I guess there was that one about the Days of the Dead. I think that's Pixar. Oh, um, Coco. Coco. Yeah, I don't remember their trailers very well, um, which is which is interesting. Um, but, but Toy Story 4, I think it, it's a, one of those, do we need it, does it have to be made, yada, yada, yada. But it doesn't feel like a romantic comedy movie to me. And, and it doesn't feel like they're forcing, it doesn't feel like it's forcing its tragedy that ended, like, not tragedy, but like emotionist that the third one ended on, on they, us again. Yeah, they seem to be, they seem to be tackling a new concept of like, just DIY toys, which is something we haven't really seen. So at least they'll be yeah. kind of uh, exploring something new here, not just yeah. same toys and like just a different location. Yeah, like oh, I've been abandoned yet again. Yeah. Kind oh of no, thing. I'm at a nursery. Oh no, I'm inside of a toy store. Or, oh no, I'm yeah. at a new house. You know. Yeah. On that note, though, I have to say, in terms of animated movies, Mike, I watched Wreck-It Ralph this weekend. Oh yes, I've been waiting. How? What you? What you? What you? What you feel? 
the music really overpowers this movie. Like the first two thirds of this movie, the music sticks out more than anything else in the, in the whole film. I don't think I ever I noticed that. I don't think I ever noticed that when like, I watched it. It's very elect. Like there's a there's a digital Skrillex in the, the, the power strip. <laughs> okay. Like, and then I'm like, okay, so there's like dubstep and electronic, and then there's a Rihanna song that's very like something about driving because they're learning how to go-kart shut uh, up and drive yeah drive, yeah exactly drive, so like drive. the music really <laughs> sticks out in my head the first part uh-huh. and i predicted a lot of the end of it my wife was like how did you know this i'm like i don't know like the movie just is but like it's not bad yeah, have a good time it's fun. um I, I liked I, when i heard jack mcbrayer as as felix <laughs> um I, I just was like okay this is gonna be really fun yeah and they get they pull a lot of cameos that you wouldn't expect them like i wasn't expecting to see like um top tier triple a ip in that movie when i first went to see it but yeah they had like zangief and sonic and Batman. it was crazy yeah oh uh, i think mario was a big thing too um i, I think what, what I'm just really disappointed is nobody told me how many bad puns were in this movie, <laughs> and I'm, I'm really disappointed no one let me know earlier. Um, um, like, it was grown-worthy, and I'm like, oh, I appreciate a lot of these. <laughs> um, but also, Alan Tudyk is the voice of King Candy, mm-hmm. and I'm like, there's no way that's Alan Tudyk. Like, that sounds like the Mad Hatter from the original animated Alice in Wonderland movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I, he, whatever he did, he channeled his voice into a whole new character, and I loved it, so... Um, I, I, I like the movie. Sounds bad as I was expecting it. And then with the second one coming out this week, um, I guess I'm, I'm ready to go into it, Mike. All right. I'm glad video games and all, but speaking of video games, (laughs) speaking of it, turning a video game, this is actually a video game. Detective Pikachu was a video game into a live action movie has got to be the trippiest thing I've seen um, all week. This is so weird. And I was so looking forward to this trailer because it was going to answer so many questions I had. We knew Ryan Reynolds was the voice of Pikachu going ahead, but we just, I've never seen live action Pokemon. It's just never been out there. I'm sure that there's been some like sort of a, uh, you know, buzzy like video game trailers where they incorporated real people for a second, but this is actually a story, a narrative. We get to see <laughs> how they're going to render Pokemon next to humans. And apparently they're going to do it with kind of like creepily, accurate detail like Very realistic I, yeah not, I don't, animate, not, not this is not uh who framed roger rabbit yeah uh, of a movie yeah i don't know if you've ever seen these uh photos out there before but i've seen a lot of like digital artists like cg artists try to recreate like homer simpson homer simpson and like high def textures or other like well-known animated ca- characters and in, in the 3d realistic tones and that's almost kind of what it feels mm-hmm. like here uh it's so weird. Everything about this trailer just weirds me out, but I love that it's so weird. But they seem to be taking a very similar approach to what we've seen in these other animated movies to make them work, like the Lego movie. Uh, just go self-referential. Just get weird with it. Have a character commenting on like maybe how weird the world is or what's going on. So I think that's going to be our avenue to having the story make sense. Like, Don't just uh-huh. tell the normal, traditional story of uh, somebody going through um, trying to get all their badges. Have a weird down-and-out person that never wanted to, that never got their chance and now they're like a detective and ryan reynolds is a talking pikachu it's oh man so weird (laughs) so uh, to me i mean ryan i'm excited ryan reynolds is pikachu but i'm also disappointed um because it's very obviously ryan reynolds Mm -hmm. like this is not a bradley cooper as rocket where you don't recognize it as bradley cooper Mm -hmm. being rocket kind of thing um and it's I feel like maybe they took some cutscenes from Deadpool and tested it and like, okay, this works. Let's let's keep his regular voice. Um but but at the same time, 
I've got to give them credit for for actually doing something with Pokemon other than just making them battle, like mm-hmm. you said, and and do something like the entire like interviewing the Mister Mime scene, <laughs> like was way beyond what I expected out of this movie. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's not just for for kids. It sounds like like Pokemon actually have real personalities and they're not just making their own na- like calls with their names and just dicking around yeah i'm curious that they're they're gonna have a lot of existential questions about the pokemon universe to action to answer to in this live action thing like what do pokemon eat do humans eat pokemon there's gonna be a scene where they're sitting down and eating uh, is everybody in this universe gonna be vegetarian because the second you see somebody eating protein you're gonna wonder where that comes from i mean they kind of tackle this similar subject in the in the in the bojack show on netflix yeah. where they're raising just dumber chicken chickens to eat that are anthropomorphic as humans so yeah there's got a there's a lot of weird things that they're gonna have to answer so i think as long as they're like poking fun at it i think it'll it'll Uh go down smoother but yeah this is just uh, so weird i actually i genuinely laughed at parts in this trailer so i'm very much looking forward to this movie yeah i i definitely agree as someone who played pokemon way too much this weekend i'm 100 (laughs) percent on board with this uh by by a long shot so Mm -hmm. so glad to hear you are as well Lastly, we got our final trailer for Alita Battle Angel. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one is probably actually, I'm going to say, my least favorite of the trailers. All right. <laughs> I, think, I think there's a lot of action here, and I think maybe it gives away too much. And, and I'm rarely one to say that. You know this. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I'm, I'm just not feeling it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really a big Alita fan. I I watched a little bit of the anime like way back in the day. Uh, I feel like I may have read maybe one of the books collection books of the of the manga, but I don't. I really don't have a deep connection to it. I've just been kind of curious to see how the the, the characters have evolved throughout the trailers. Um, just because I happened to watch the first one and the second one like back to back, like back in July, I think, and I noticed like, oh, things have kind of changed a little bit. So if you go check out our Twitter account at um, at Superhero Slate yeah, I think it's just Superhero Slate on Twitter. Yeah, it's Superhero Slate Podcast on Instagram. So if you just hit up Superhero Slate on Twitter, I kind of went through all of the three trailers to kind of track the progress of certain scenes of how the characters have evolved um, through just the year of just special effects that they've done rendering the characters. So it's kind of cool and clever. You can see that they've made whole decisions of just like totally flipping horizontally like scenes. Like she used to run top the, the rooftops from right to left in the first trailer and the last two she's running from left to right. Uh, they've tweaked her eyes a little bit throughout the trailer. So I've kind of just been following this movie just out of just pure curiosity but i mean robert rodriguez and james cameron i would hope that they would be able to make something that has a slightly more lasting effect than the ghost in the shell movie that we got who i don't mm-hmm. even remember who directed that that's movie. what it was i couldn't even think of the name of that movie this <laughs> week i was like the scarlett johansson one that, yeah. that was the, the adaptation yeah i don't remember who directed that movie who produced it what studio it came out of but i'm hoping robert rodriguez and james cameron can maybe deliver something that's more memorable or at least less forgettable so i mean the movie's been pushed past christmas it might have a it might have a chance now this definitely seems like a movie that could rake up a ton of cash in china so maybe it doesn't even matter if we don't like it or don't go see it but um yeah on top of that you talked about the changes here this movie was originally scheduled for july of this year yeah um if you remember that so it was going to be in the middle of summer I think going up against like what Ant Man or something like that was in the theater. Then Mission Impossible, which Mission Impossible would have stomped this in the ground by a long shot. 
Uh, and then it was pushed back to December. It was going to go on December 21st, and we've got, like, what, 20 movies coming out that day already? Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie would have been pushed to the background as well. And now it's on um, February, I think, 14th of next year, which is going up against uh, Dark Phoenix. Um, I, that movie still makes it out. I, I think I want to see this movie more than Dark Phoenix, so it might have a shot with a really, really sluggish X-Men franchise. But, yeah, go check out the comparison gifts that uh, we put up on our Twitter account. Um, they they digitally – I mean, obviously she's all digital, so but they digitally added a jacket on her in one of the scenes, yeah. which I thought was kind of clever. So I like this kind of see the creative decisions that's just like, I think she needs a jacket in this scene. All right, render the jacket. We don't need reshoots because yeah. she's a totally digital character. Well, what's what's really interesting uh, to me in that regard is like they've released it not to do anything, like not to fix anything. It's just kind of been like, hey, we we we've got to push it back because we're gonna lose at the box office kind of thing. So they mm-hmm. have that opportunity to go in and just keep redoing, like like hey, do we have time to re- render this out? Yeah, we had a couple extra weeks. Let's just go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really changing the story too much, but they can tweak the 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 finesse of it so it looks like it's like pushed out there because i think i think to me the newer face looks better than the one from a year ago um by a long shot but um uh, maybe, maybe that's just me so um yeah i don't know uh will, will this be any good i don't know yet but yeah. probably better than uh it's Dark a, Phoenix. <laughs> it, it's a, it's an oddity. It's a curiosity. It, it's something we've seen before, but it's also something kind of new. And it's a, a more invigorating directing team with bold decisions to uh, put like anime eyes on this person. I mean, it's not a. I mean, some would say it's a bold decision to cast Scarlett Johansson as a as an Asian character in an anime. Uh, but uh, it's not a right bold decision. So well, you know, see how this know, goes. I'm actually wrong. Um... Fox owns this, and Phoenix. Phoenix was moved to June. Remember, it moved it twice yep, in that's a right. week. So it's actually not going up against Dark Phoenix. It is the Fox movie for that weekend now. So um, we don't have to make a choice, Mike. It'll be it'll be our Valentine's date for us. Um, pro- probably not. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, at least Christoph Waltz is in it. I like him. So yeah, got that going off. He's good. Uh, yeah, that's that's our news for the week, Mike. That's it. We wrapped it up. It's late here. It's what actually a... Monday for me now. Oh man, uh, sorry, sorry for keeping you. You're a trooper. You know, I come back into town late. We're we're here for you folks. We want to yeah. run down the news, and Chris is the real trooper here. It's not insanely late for me, uh, but uh, everybody, give it up for Chris. A little round of applause for staying up late. Thank you. He's the one that edits and technically produces this show, and I'm just the schmuck here on a microphone that drags a audio recording into Dropbox for him. Eh, but you do you do our artwork, Mike. You make us look good across all the platforms. Uh, I tell you that if anything, if I'm going to brag about our show, anything, if you go and look at our podcast on any distribu- distribution network, you can see our thumbnail artwork for every episode in every one of those things. We don't have the same, just our logo for everything. We we make sure it looks different and feels good. So uh, I just thank you, Mike, for doing those. Uh, I, I don't have those skills by a long shot. So all right, well let's uh, finish this circle. Yes, with, you tell uh, me. With, with tell me where people our, can find. Yeah. <laughs> Your your pictures from this weekend, maybe? Yeah, yeah they... you can you can find me at Mike Royer Design on Twitter and Instagram. I saved uh, one of my what do they call it? Like an Instagram memory, a collection or whatever. But yeah, if you head on over to my Instagram profile, tap on that Vancouver, you can see pictures from the party, places that I traveled around Vancouver. 
absolutely beautiful city, and we were so lucky to be there on a weekend where it like wasn't raining. Because apparently the climate very similar to Seattle, you know, raining, cloudy, <laughs> misty, especially at that time of the year. We just we cruised in on a beautiful weekend. So I have some beautiful photos of Vancouver and like the waterfront and some harbors and stuff like that. So you can find me at Mike Royer Design, and you can read my web comics at Pickle Comics. Dot com. Chris, if people want to see you installing dishwashing machines, where can they find you? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Valdan87, where you can see my new dishwasher, Mike. I'm proud of that. I didn't have to call anybody. I didn't have to get on Google. I did it all myself. Okay? Yeah. Thank you. And then I played Pokemon to make up for it. <laughs> I felt too adult. What a juxtaposition of adult adulthood and childhood. Yeah, welcome to 2018. It's uh, it's quite it's quite the place. Um, you can also head over to Comic UI. I also have to say um, this. Uh, I think this is the last week to get regular price tickets for Louisville SuperCon coming up here at the end of this month. I will be there representing Superhero Slate, Mike. Uh, getting pictures, getting getting interviews if I can, taking all sorts of stuff, trying to cover that con as best as possible. It is the last one of this year. I cannot hold anything back now. <laughs> um, if people want to know more about our show and what we do in some of our episodes, maybe a review episodes they haven't heard of before, where can they find those at, Mike? Well, as always, please visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host our little show, and they get our awesome show notes. So we talked about a lot of trailers, some screenshots, some teasers. If you want to get links to all the stuff we talked about it, we collected all in our show notes for this episode, so just head on over to SuperheroSlate.com and just browse through the bullet points. Click on the links, you know. Uh, sometimes I, I miss out on what happens uh, when I'm out of town and Chris has somebody filling in for me and I love just being able to scroll through the bullet points. It's just like a great way to uh, catch up on the news. We don't have any ads on our site either. There's no stupid pop-ups for subscribing to a newsletter or a dumb ad that gets in your way. It's just like the the purest form of the internet, SuperheroSlate.com and you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, I can't talk right now, iHeartRadio. We'll put it anywhere you want it. (laughs) Let us know whatever weird podcast app you had. We'll we'll do our best to make sure the podcast is up there. It's been a long weekend, Chris. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you can get merch, superheroslate.com slash store. I'm sure once Black Friday rolls around, that storefront will have everything on sale. So head on over to superheroslate.com slash store to get some sweet merch. Uh, if you're a fan of the show, we love hearing from you. If you have any like really awesome, like sweet memories or just things that Stanley has influenced your life in a way, uh, let us know. We'd love to hear hear that. I, I mm-hmm. love I love it when people meet Stanley. I like to hear their different stories because they're always great. He's always so nice and humble and he just he loves his fans. One of the last videos I think that that of Stan that's out there is just him like gushing about his fans and how much he loves them and he loves you know being able to connect to all these different people all around the world so uh, if you're a super fan of the show uh, I love you too as well just as much as Stanley loves the world so just share the show with a friend share the show with a buddy you will be a super fan uh, in, in our eyes for the rest of time and we will be here every week yep that's right and we will catch you guys uh, next week, have a happy Thanksgiving if you're celebrating Thanksgiving this week and enjoy time with your friends and family and we'll catch you then. All right. Adios, everybody. Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe. <sighs> well, all right. Let's, uh, let's just dive right in and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give you the tidbits of the weekend.